Well, good morning again, everyone. This is Chris Joslin coming to you with another edition of Jaws Bites. I am your host, as always, uh, and the website you can find us at, of course, is ilovelogistics.com, ilovelogistics.com. Come be a part of the community. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us some five-star reviews. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, etc. Go on LinkedIn, all the different platforms. See us, be part of the conversation, be part of the expansion, the ever-expanding world of transportation and logistics supply chain. Today, I'd like to spend just a few minutes talking about the IRA. No, not the Irish Republican Army. That's not what we're talking about today. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, passed by both houses, signed by President Biden yesterday, is going to impact the transportation sector, as everything seems to these days. Uh, sometimes positively, sometimes negatively, but it will impact everything we do. The one thing that I think people have realized over the last couple of years is that things are tied inextricably together. There are no segments of anything that are in a vacuum. Everything combines to create the possibility of, of a crossover of positive and or negatives in industries, in communities, in nations, and across the, the planet. Uh, there's, a, there's always a struggle. There's always a balance between doing things internationally, nationally, combining those things, uh, being nationalistic versus, you know, holistic in terms of the, what we do with the world, in terms of struggling with things that some people believe are existential crises and turning things into green economies. And this Inflation Reduction Act will attempt to do some of those things. In the Democrats' bill in the House, they came up with basically the summary of the Inflation Act. There are two different things. These are top-line estimates. There's a lot of asterisks involved. There's a lot of governmental um, oversight that has to be looked at to, to score these things in more proper manner, though some of the scores have come out. But the total revenues raised will be from a 15% minimum corporate tax, uh, uh, pricing reform on prescription drugs, the IRS tax enforcement, which is a big hot button. Of course, we could probably have an entire podcast just about the quote-unquote 87,000 new IRS agents, which more than doubles the staffing of the IRS nationally that will be looking in every pocketbook to see what uh, they missed, what they need to take, and, or how they need to get it quicker than they have in the past. And there's some other things, some 1% buyback fees that will go against corporations as well as some loss limitation extensions that will continue. That, that totals a revenue raised of $737 billion across the next eight years, I believe, or 10 years. And in then, but the total investments, which is money spent, so there's revenue raised, and then there's quote unquote investments. Investments is interesting because it could simply be looked at as just mass spending, but there's the extension of the Affordable Care Act uh, components of that. There is a sunset on that, which sunsets rarely ever come to fruition in terms of it may you may get a sunset every night in the real world but in washington dc there's rarely a sunset for any especially anything that is is a uh, a tax or a uh, handout of some kind they rarely sunset but the the mainstay other than a little bit of a few billion dollars going to western drought resiliency which is code for probably buy bigger planes with more fosjack in them is the energy security and climate change initiatives with that which constitutes six three hundred and sixty nine billion of the four hundred and thirty seven billion spent now a lot of that falls into the transportation logistics segments 
of, of business. Yeah. So the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 will make really what they consider as a historic down payment on deficit reduction to fight inflation. That's, that's their, their mantra. That's their mission. That's the, the spin that you have from the uh, D.C. Beltway. Um, but it will do, it'll invest in domestic energy production and manufacturing and supposedly, according to the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, will cut domestic um, carbon emissions by roughly 40% by 2030. Now that's only eight years away, folks. Eight years to cut the, the emissions by 40%. Now, I, I'm not sure of the details. I don't think anybody is sure of the details on how one's expectation would be to do that, except to subsidize a whole lot of green initiatives. Now, interestingly enough, next week I'll be talking to the CEO of a, a company that's that's building out infrastructure and, and certainly in the right space at the right time to create a not only a place or places in the, on the West Coast specifically to begin with that can build out the ability to, to uh, both have slow overnight and fast charge stations to help convert the commercial economy and the trucking industry in particular to uh, electric vehicles. But this company will help enable those small and mid-cap trucking companies to convert from diesel to uh, this green a non-emissions standard. So in California, which I often talk about as, as the forerunner to a lot of things nationally, there are put into place, especially on the, on the, the large warehouse side of things, an idea to create a point system, a wear point system is what it's called, to facilitate better control of emissions from these warehouses from a, just a pure energy standpoint and usage standpoint at the facility, but also for zero or not uh, close to zero emissions vehicles coming in and out of facilities. Now that, along with the Inflation Reduction Act, along with mandates and, and um, requirements from the California Air Resource Board, a multitude of different agencies, governmental and otherwise, are putting pressure on our economy to move away from fossil fuels in general. Now, there's some there's some arguments to be made that you can't just completely get away from these things. There's too many products, too many. Our economy was built off of fossil fuels for years and years and years, so it can't be done overnight. I'm, as I often say in podcasts, I'm more of an incrementalist than anything. So my desire would be to go and take a methodical, evolutionary. Uh, uh, process to create a better circumstance for all of us. But that's not the way we're working right now. A lot of people are seeing this as an opportunity in time, and, and some people are claiming, of course, that if we don't act now, we'll be beyond a particular tipping point that will create you know, a cascading effect of, of calamities that we can't um, dig our way out from. So no one knows the future, but Certainly people are making their assumptions and looking at their crystal balls and the energy, excuse me, if, if and pun intended, the energy is all in the direction of electric vehicles and the conversions to emission standards that are better by a hundredfold than anywhere else in the world. So this Inflation Reduction Act will go toward uh, managing that. The, the, uh, the, this will affect... Uh, tax credits for solar panels. This will affect 
uh, subsidies for electric vehicles, both commercial and domestic vehicles. Now, there are caveats to that where a certain amount of the parts for the batteries, etc., must be manufactured or, quote-unquote, assembled in the United States. There's always loopholes to how this happens. And, of course, there's a lot of requirements for rare earth minerals that a lot of which are in places that uh, are elsewhere in the world. So there's there's a lot of regulation. There's a lot of hurdles to overcome in the United States, but we're pushing down this road anyway. Now, when looking at this this the IRA in in a little bit more of a a granular summary, uh, particularly pointed at the energy and climate portions of this bill. Clean energy tax credits account for about 161 billion of the so almost almost half of the 386 billion dedicated as spending for energy and climate. Air pollution, hazardous materials, transportation and infrastructure is going to get another 40 billion toward it. The energy clean initiatives, 37 billion, clean fuel and vehicle tax credits, 36 billion, conservation, rural development, forestry, managing the forest better making sure that uh, fires don't burn down everything and that uh, we develop a better strategy for containing uh, some of the problems that we see as far as species control, et cetera, is $35 billion. Building efficiencies, electrification, transmission, industrial, DOE grants and loans, et cetera, is another $27 billion. So people that I'm going to talk to next week, for instance, are probably front and center on, on grants and loans along this this type of thing. And then other energy and climate spending is $14 billion. I'm not sure what other means. And $14 billion seems like such a small number in comparison to the, the larger number of, uh, uh, I think this was, what was it, basically another trillion dollars. So my desire today really wasn't to get too granular and give my editorial on what I think of this uh, particular act. I think a lot of the things today that are passed in Washington and the states as well, put frames around of things and try to calculate the the score, if you will, like the Congressional Budget Office does to indicate the positives and negatives and what it will do to deficit, etc. But there's always extraneous things that occur. And when you look at the Inflation Reduction Act, what you see, if you look at it from a 10,000-foot view, is a lot of spending toward things that we've been to get, continue to spend on to convert our economy to something that moves away from fossil fuels. I have no problems with converting away from fossil fuels in a very methodical, uh, pragmatic way. What I have a challenge with is, is sometimes how we burn the building down and try to start over. And we try to do it immediately and we don't look at the out, outside ramifications for all of that. And I think that's the thing that you're missing. We, uh, in, this, in this bill, you have a 15% corporate tax going into place, which is fine. Uh, there's been much higher corporate taxes in the past, but there's, there's all this spending, all these initiatives, all these taxes going into place. There has to be, and anyone that thinks there is not, there will be a trickle-down effect to that. So when the administration or any administration touts that it will not affect a particular segment of the population at all as far as paying additional taxes, they're not being entirely genuine with you. Because one way or shape or another, the products that you buy, the services that are rendered to you, and the way you go about your daily life will change to reflect the additional costs in, hit, in impacting the corporations that are supplying those products and services. That is just the way it works. You can't have increased cost 
in decreased price to the consumer. It doesn't work that way. It, the only times things start to move that way is when you reach a certain tipping point as far as overall capacity or commoditization of a product and or service. And that is not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is is additional burdens against you know certain parties in the in the United States to take up the slack, if you will, and pay more. Um, and that is supposed to filter down to the lower mid incomes. But the lower and mid incomes are still going to have inflated prices to, to deal with. The inflation reduction uh, is an interesting misnomer in this case. So that's that's my take on this. Um, I just wanted to get a little brief information out since it was fresh on my mind. And if you have any comments, please feel free. I, I'm just giving you some basic information to work with is how it may impact you. So until next time, this is Chris Joslin, your host, signing off on this edition of Jaws Bites.